your Bibles, and boy, oh boy, I want to talk to you about a super important subject tonight. I had two different messages that I had thought about bringing this evening, but it seemed this to be the will of the Lord tonight, and so I want you to, to really hear me out this evening. I'll follow my outline, so you'll forgive me, please, if I sort of look down at the outline here a little bit tonight. Boy, it's been a busy day. Um, Jeremiah chapter 6, and why don't I give you one last opportunity to stand, if you can stand. If, if, if not, don't worry about that. That's not, not a problem. Jeremiah chapter 6. I think I said in one of the last services, whenever you read your Bible, uh, you ought to ask the Holy Spirit to, to teach you and show you. And then whenever you read your Bible, be sure you have a pen or a highlighter or something close by. And uh, when I'm reading my Bible, sometimes I... Sometimes I open my Bible and I go to a specific place. Occasionally, I'll just let the Bible fall open and I just start reading right there. And I did that this week. I, I just uh, was in my prayer closet and just going to spend a little time with the Lord. And I just let my Bible fell, fall open. And it fell open to Jeremiah chapter 6. Well, I love Jeremiah 6 anyway. And I thought, well, that's a good place to read. It had been, been too long. I preached several messages out of Jeremiah chapter 6. And I begin to read Jeremiah chapter 6, and isn't it something how the Lord will give you something absolutely fresh, fresh. And so I want you to look with me, please, at Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? I believe the good way still in those old paths, by the way, church. And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. Then God answers, and he says, therefore, hear ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. And I want you to notice, especially tonight, verse number 19. And God said, hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts. Because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. And I want to draw your attention to that little phrase right there, the fruit, even the fruit of their thoughts. The fruit of their thoughts. You may be seated tonight, and I want to teach on that a little bit this evening the fruit of their thoughts or the fruit of our thoughts on the screen this evening. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to help us. We need his help tonight. And we'll jump right into the outline this evening. Father, thank you. What a good service. Lord, this is Wednesday night, but Lord, Wednesday night uh, doesn't suffer. I, that, Lord, Wednesday night's a good service. And we thank you for this midweek time that we have together to come together and be, be encouraged by fellowship with one another and and uh, prayer, and music, and singing. And then, Lord, as we take a little time to, to get around the, the, the Bible, I pray that, Father, that you'll help us tonight. Lord, would you please bring back to my mind the things that you gave me, the things that I learned in study. And I pray that what we say will make sense, and I pray that it will be helpful to your people. We don't want to waste their time tonight. I know they've come, some have come a long ways. Others have come weary tonight. It's been a long, long day. Some started before the sun came up. And so, Lord, we don't want to waste our time this evening. We want to try to be a help and a blessing. And then, Lord, we want to 
glorify the Savior tonight. More than anything, we want that to happen. And I pray that he would be lifted up and, and I pray that our, our thoughts will be on him this evening. God, please help us now. We pray for your power and your anointing. We thank you and praise you for your blessings. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen and amen. Notice again verse number 19. And Jeremiah says, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts. The idea here is that the thoughts eventually bring forth fruit. That's such a simple, simple thought there, but, but that's, that's the idea there. And, of course, Jeremiah is addressing a people that have turned away from him. God said, I want you to, I want you to seek out those old paths. And they said, we won't. And God said, I'm going to send some watchmen over you that can sound the trumpet. And they said, we're not going to listen. And so God came and God said, all right, then I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to send judgment. And, and God references the fruit of their thoughts here. Thoughts originate in the mind. Now, you don't need to come here tonight to get that. You already knew that tonight. But as I said Sunday, a lot of times the pastor's uh, responsibility is just to remind you of things that you already know. And so thoughts originate in the mind, or as the Bible references many times, the heart. And make no mistake about it tonight that the devil is after the mind. He's after the mind. The battle for the Christian is the mind tonight. And I don't know if you know this or not, but God speaks to the mind. He speaks to the mind. And we'll have you go some other place. I'm not going to have you go to all these places tonight. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4 the Bible says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? By the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, if I read that verse right, that means this, that if we're not renewed in our mind, then we cannot prove what is the good and acceptable uh, and perfect will of God. And so people say, I just don't know what the will of God is. Well, have you renewed your mind? If you haven't renewed your mind, you're probably going to have a hard time discerning what the will of God is. Uh, the Bible says in uh, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 19, read it tonight, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their mind. Now, I want to give you just three thoughts tonight very quickly, and these are simple, and I don't think you have any, uh, a hard time uh, grasping these thoughts tonight. The first thought that I want to give you is this. Number one, fruit replicates fruit. Fruit replicates fruit. I appreciate my wife bringing these apples for us tonight. Boy, they look good. I mean to tell you, uh, some of our folks gave us these this week, and we, we dug into one of them last night, and they are great. I don't know where they got them from, but they are wonderful. And there is nothing better than a good, crisp, crunchy apple. And, uh, and we cut these things up last night and put them on a salad. Man, it was so great last night. And, uh, but I want you to think about fruit tonight. Fruit replicates fruit. Now, I send that to say this, that if you take this apple and you take the core uh, and you take some of those seeds out of that core and you very carefully go out somewhere and you plant those apple seeds uh, in the ground and you give it plenty of time, what's going to happen is an apple tree is going to grow. And on that apple tree, apples are going to grow on that apple tree. Why? Because fruit replicates fruit. Uh, if you take an orange or whatever the case may be and you take those seeds and you plant those 
uh, seeds in the ground. An orange tree is going to come up, and, and it's going to bear oranges. You say, come on, preacher. Surely you're going to give us something better than that tonight. Well, that's not a very deep thought, is it? But in just a moment, I'm going to show you that a lot of people don't seem to be getting it. You see, when you plant an apple seed, you never get a watermelon. Now, you may have a watermelon grow somewhere where you spit out some seeds. I've had that happen before. Uh, but I'm just saying this. If you purposely plant an apple seed, uh, a watermelon never sprouts up where you planted uh, the apple seed. Fruit replicates fruit. Now, I said that to say this. Your thoughts are going to replicate what they are. They're going to replicate what they are. Uh, and so a good spring doesn't, doesn't give bad water and a bad spring doesn't give good water. And so I said that I'd say this. If you constantly have lustful thoughts, you know what it's going to produce? A lustful life. Now, I know that's a simple, simple little illustration. But if you constantly, young men, if you're constantly thinking lustful thoughts, you're not going to be a righteous person. You're not going to be an upstanding person. You're not going to be a moral person. If you're constantly thinking impure thoughts and lustful thoughts, those thoughts are going to bear fruit. Those, those, those seeds are going to bear fruit. If you're constantly thinking dishonest thoughts, it, it'll produce a dishonest lifestyle. If you're constantly having bitter thoughts, you're not going to be a sweet-spirited person. I'm just, I'm, I'm, fruit replicates fruit. And so it, it, you're not going to be bitter and have constantly be thinking, oh, you know, brother so-and-so, I can't stand him. I mean, I hate his guts. I, I just detest the ground that he walks on. You're not going to have seeds like that in your mind and then turn around and be a happy person. It's not going to happen. It, it Fruit replicates uh, fruit. If you're constantly thinking critical things, you're constantly having critical thoughts, you're constantly saying, as Brother Gary said tonight, you're constantly saying critical things, you know what's going to happen? It is going to, it, it is going to identify you as a critic. Now, listen to me now, church, and listen to me, young people and young men. I want you to really hear your pastor out tonight because I really love you and I want to try to help you tonight. It may take a while. If you, if you take the seed out of that apple and you plant that seed very carefully, it may take a while. But if it gets just the right sunlight and just the right water, guess, guess what's going to happen? It's going to come out. It's going to sprout. And I said that to say this, it may take a while for your thoughts to surface, but impure thoughts and the wrong kind of thoughts will eventually make their way out to the outside they'll eventually begin to surface. Now, uh, so many places we could go this evening. I think about uh, second, well, it's Bible study night, isn't it? Why don't we do a Bible study tonight? Amen. Why don't you turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 1. 2 Samuel chapter 1 in your Bibles. Sometimes I, I get a little, going a little too fast and sometimes I think maybe I need to slow down just a little bit. And so uh, 2 Samuel chapter 13, we read of a young man by the name of Amnon. This was uh, David's son, he was, uh, King David's son, Amnon. And Amnon, uh, young men, Amnon had a major problem. And the problem that he had was his thought life, was an impure thought life. And uh, now, look if you will at 2 Samuel chapter 13 and verse number 1. If you found your place, say amen. amen. All right, great. 
The Bible says, and it came to pass after this, that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Well, that's okay. You know that brothers are supposed to love their sisters. That's, that's natural and normal. But this went further than that. The Bible says, and Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon thought, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. Now, wait a minute now. Uh, Amnon had these thoughts that he kept entertaining in his head. They were wrong thoughts. They were impure thoughts. They were lustful thoughts. They were adulterous thoughts. They were thoughts that he knew should not be there. They were possibly thoughts that he knew got his daddy in trouble already. And so here Amnon is thinking about these thoughts. They're just working in, in, his, in his head, in his mind. But how many know this? Little by little, they're making their way to the surface. And the Bible says that Amnon had a friend. And the Bible says that Amnon's friend came in and began to talk to him as a wicked man. Uh, now I want you to look down at verse number 11, if you will. Verse number 11. The Bible says in, in verse number 11, and when she had brought them unto him to eat, in other words, he, uh, he, he came up with a little plan and he said, uh, he acted like he was sick and, and he, uh, he talked to his, his daddy David and he said, he said, Dad, he said, would you have Tamar, my sister, bring over some food? I'm sick and, and I need to stay in the bed and would you have Tamar bring some food to me, and cook some food for me? Uh, and so sure enough, little Tamar, as uh, far as we can tell, uh, Tamar was just a little sweet-spirited, innocent young lady and uh, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't even think, uh, didn't see anything on the radar, didn't know that her brother was, uh, was wicked as the day was long. And, and so she comes over and brings this food to him and comes into the bedchamber there to bring this food to what she thought was her sick brother. And look what happened in verse number 11. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come, lie with me, my sister. Now, you listen to me and you listen to me good tonight. If you keep thinking thoughts that are the wrong kind of thoughts, and by the way, I'm not talking about just lustful thoughts. That's not the only kind of bad thoughts. But if you keep thinking the wrong kind of thoughts and you keep entertaining those thoughts in your mind, those thoughts are going to take root and those thoughts are eventually going to make their way to the service. Listen, you say, preacher, no, no. Oh, yes, yes, I know what I'm talking about. And if I don't know what I'm talking about, the Bible knows what it's talking about. They're going to come to the service eventually. By the way, that ought to scare somebody. That ought to scare you. By the way, if they don't scare you, something's wrong. And so, uh, listen, fruit replicates fruit. Now take your Bibles uh, tonight and turn over to Numbers chapter 20. Let me give you another illustration. Numbers chapter 20. And look, if you will, at verse number 10 tonight. Numbers chapter 20 and verse number 10. And this is the story of Moses. And Moses was a great man. Don't get me wrong. Moses was one of the meekest men in the earth, the Bible says. But Moses had a little bit of a problem. Moses had, an, had a, a temper. He had an anger problem. And, uh, and by the way, I'm going to be honest with you, church. When I read the first five books of the Bible, I see why Moses had an anger problem. I mean, I, sometimes I think Moses got a bad rap. I really do. I mean, you know, messing with these rebellious uh, Israelites and just can't make them happy for anything. Um, but wait a minute now. Look at Numbers chapter 20 and verse number 10. The Bible says... And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, together before the rock. And he said unto them, here it is, 
Hear now, ye rebels. And he wasn't talking about Southerners right there either. He said, hear now, ye rebels. He said, you bunch of rebels. He said, we can't please you. He said, nothing we do satisfies you. And wait a minute now, what's going on? Moses has been, these thoughts of anger have been brewing in Moses' mind for a long, long time. And, uh, and he says, hear now, ye rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote the rock twice and the water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their beasts also. But wait a minute, that's not what God told him to do. God told him to speak to the rock. He said, Moses, speak to the rock. I'll send forth water. But Moses got mad. He got angry. And Moses said, you bunch of unthankful, rebellious, disobedient and just, you know what? And the more he simmered on that, the worse it got. Now, wait a minute now, fruit replicates fruit. And so you know what happened? Those things that Moses was thinking came to the surface. And it went from his mind to his hand to the staff to the rock. And so fruit replicates fruit. Someone said it like this, I think, therefore I am. You say, preacher, is that a biblical, a, a biblical principle? You better believe it. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, I want to I, I build on this point just a little bit, and the other, other points will be a little shorter, I believe, but I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 15, and I want you to look at verse number 17 with me tonight. Fruit replicates fruit. Uh, our, listen, we're going to be what kind of thoughts that we have. Uh, Matthew chapter 15 in your Bibles. And look with me, if you will, please, at verse number 17 tonight. Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 17. And boy, notice what our Lord teaches us here. Very important truth. Matthew chapter 15, verse number 17. And the Lord says, Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught. In other words, those physical things that we're eating. That's not what's defiling, as he said. Um, but he said, but... But those things which, what's the next word? Oh boy. Those things which proceed out of the mouth, what's the next two words? Come forth from the heart and they defile the man. Look at the next, for out of the heart, there's that word again, proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. Now what's the Lord trying to teach us here? That if you have those kind of thoughts in your mind, that eventually those thoughts are gonna proceed further than your mind. I'm gonna tell you something, church. You know what? That ought to challenge us tonight. That ought to challenge us to guard our mind. I'll get in that in just a moment. That ought to challenge us to be so careful what's in our mind. Now, here's the thing. We can't always control, okay? Hey, fellas, y'all listen to me. Preacher's trying to help you tonight. You can't control the first look, but you can control the second one. And so you're checking out at Walmart. Sometimes they've got just godless stuff there at the checkout line. Some of these uh, uh, national inquirers and some of these magazines and things and, and, uh, you, and, and just peripheral vision and you see, now wait a minute now, I'm not saying that's your fault. And so you can't control the first look, but you can control the second look. 
And so you can control whether you look back at it. You can control whether you, whether you focus on it. You can control whether you entertain it and you, you begin to think about it. And, and uh, you know, the mind's like a computer. And when you allow those files to get in here, they're very hard to get out. And the Bible says that if we fill our mind with those kind of thoughts, that those thoughts are eventually going to make their way to the surface. You don't have to turn there. Genesis 6, 5, the Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continued. Wait a minute now, what's the implication there? The implication is, is that the imagination was evil but it got to the place where you could see it. And so fruit replicates fruit. You're not going to listen to the wrong kind of things all day long and turn out to be great. You're not going to listen to, to dirty four-letter words and oh my God this and oh my God that and Jesus Christ this and Jesus Christ that and you're not going to listen to filthy music and, and all these things. Listen, you're not going to do that and have the right kind of thoughts. And I'm just telling you, if you continue to fill your mind with those kind of things, fruit replicates fruit. You will be. Remember those old, uh, remember those old, uh, they probably, I don't know if they do it anymore, but years ago when I was in school, they had these posters in the cafeteria. Y'all remember that? And it said, you will be what you eat. Y'all remember that, those old things? And, uh, well, I'm going to tell you something. You will be what you think. You will be what you think. Fruit replicates fruit. Now, listen closely. Number two is this. Fruit withers when unused. Fruit withers when unused. It must be you. Listen, that is, I'm telling you, that's a great apple right there. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm tempted. Right now, I'm tempted. I really am. That is a great apple. But as great as that apple is, if you leave that apple for a little while, you know what's going to happen? It's going to go rotten. It's going to get soft. It's going to get brown. You know what? When you don't use it, that which was designed to be delicious by the hand of the Lord uh, becomes something that's not a blessing to anybody. Remember the, old, uh, remember the old TV commercial that said, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And God gave me this thought today. Don't, uh, uh, listen, use your mind. Don't amuse your mind. Use your mind. Young people, use your mind. Don't amuse. You said, preacher, no, you got it wrong. It's abuse. No, it's amuse. Use your mind. Don't amuse your mind. Can I tell you why we've got a, a generation today? And I know, thank God, we've got some great young people at Calvary Baptist Church, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. I really am, that have a good testimony and a good ethic, and I, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. But we have a generation right now that is almost at the point of being absolutely worthless. Worthless. Can I tell you why? Because they have parked their minds in amusements. In amusements. The word muse means to think. The psalmist said, while I was musing, the fire burned. While I was thinking, the fire burned. But most people don't use their minds anymore. They get their minds in amusement. The word ah, amusement, means no thinking. When you go to an amusement park, it's a no thinking park. That's what it is. You don't have to do anything. All you do is just get in and just ride. That's why they call it, it it's called coasting. That's why they call it a roller coaster. 
You just get in. You don't do anything. You know what? You don't control it. It takes you up this hill, down this hill, over this loop, that kind of thing. Uh, and so, uh, you know what? You have no control of that. Listen to me now, church. We need to be constantly using our minds and filling our minds with the right kind of content. Now, take your Bibles tonight and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And look with me, if you will, at verse number 12. And I'm not just preaching to young people tonight because this is a message that's for everybody this evening, including this pastor. But notice, even in 1 Timothy chapter 4, as Paul is addressing Timothy, he addresses the youth. And he says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12, he says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, hey, in purity. And then Paul says this. He said, till I come, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. And then he says this, meditate Upon these things. Can we say that together? Let's say it together. Ready? Meditate upon these things. That's great. Let's do it one more time. Ready? Meditate upon these things. All my young people, I want you to say it with me. Ready? Meditate upon these things. Look what he says. Give thyself wholly to them. Look at the last part. That thy profiting may what? That thy profiting may appear to all. Listen to me, church. What comes in here is going to come out. And Paul, Paul says, young people, young people, listen to me. What kind of things you put in here, it's going to make its way out. You better be careful. And he said, if you want to set the right kind of example, he said, it's so important that you fill your mind with the right kind of things. Why? Because fruit must be used. People say, well, preacher, I'm just not a leader. Okay, change. That's easy. Well, I'm just not a reader. Okay, change. We say, I'm just not, I just don't like reading books. Okay, well, you better read this book. Amen. You know, I'm just not a reader. Well, you better, you, better, you better change that because the Bible says give attendance to reading. Amen. And exhortation and doctrine, in other words, we ought to be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night so we can receive the exhortation of the Word of God, so we can receive the exhortation of the, the Holy Spirit, so we can receive the doctrine that God has for us. You know, I was just thinking about this tonight coming, coming on the road. You know what? By the grace of God, I'm going to promise you this. By the grace of God on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, there's going to be a meal served here. Now, if you want to eat, or those that are watching by way of uh, internet tonight, if you want to eat, that's up to you. But we're going to have meal time. And so if you choose not to eat, that's, that's, that's your choice. But, but you know what? Food's on when you come. And so we're going to eat. And so I would just encourage us, man, to make sure that we don't let wild horses keep us away, that we're here because we need to fill our minds with, with good things and wholesome things and righteous things and spiritual things. Why? Because fruit must be used. And, man, we need to start. Listen, if you don't exercise this body, it'll fall apart. But if you don't exercise this mind, it'll fall apart. Fruit replicates fruit. Fruit must be used. Y'all ready? How about this? Fruit needs to be inspected. Usually, most people at least, 
Most people, when you're shopping, don't just pick up a piece of fruit and put it in the buggy. Most people who are good shoppers, when you pick up a piece of fruit, whether it's an apple, an orange, or pear, banana, you know what? Usually, you know what you do? You look at it. You know why? You're looking for the best. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a great apple, but sometimes apples get worms. Is that right? Sometimes bananas are really bruised, unless you're going to make a banana pudding or something like that. I mean, you know, uh, usually you want a banana that's, uh, that's uh, you know, not, not really a mess. You, you don't want to eat a black banana. I mean, that's just not uh, what most people want to do. And so fruit needs to be expect, inspected. You normally wash it before you eat it. A lot of times people will squeeze it before they buy it, before they eat it, to see if it's soft. Or maybe it has a soft spot. Uh, they look for blemishes. Now, what's your point, preacher? My point is this. We must inspect what we allow into our minds by way of guarding the gateway to the mind. Now, there are several gateways to our mind. There's smell, and thank the Lord for that, by the way. It's great to smell homemade biscuits, bacon. Don't ever, by the way, don't ever get over, don't ever get over your senses. Every once in a while, you just ought to stop and say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for letting me smell. Some folks can't. Uh, smell is a gateway to the mind. Touch. Thank the Lord. Touch is a gateway to the mind. Taste. Uh, that apple's going to taste good later on. But the main two gateways into the mind are these. Eyes and ears. That is the main two gateways. I'm not going to bring this out tonight, but someone said that, that the human eye, and only God can do something like this, but the human eye can take in 80 thousand items per second now explain that no way there's no way there's no computer that's that's that fast we must guard the gateways to our mind how about this we must guard our eyes psalm 101:3. i will set no wicked thing before mine eyes i hate the work of them that turn aside it shall not cleave to me you know what job said in job 31 1 and here Job is under a, a, a load of temptation. Don't you know the devil came to Job and said, man, just, just go ahead and give in. Job 31, 1, you know what Job said? Job said, I've made a covenant. I've made a covenant with mine eyes. Somebody says, what was he talking about, preacher? Well, he tells us. He said, I have made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? He's not talking about a maid that keeps the house necessary. He's talking about a young lady. And so Job says, you know what? When that, when that temptation comes, Job said, I've made a covenant. Boy, this is good tonight. I'm, amen. This is helping me tonight. I've made a covenant with mine eyes, and I'm going to guard what I allow to come into my eyes. Everybody needs to be here, here to hear this message tonight. Man, I might ought to just carve off some time to preach this again Sunday morning. He said, I've made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? How many know this, that when David's eyes got wrong, his life got wrong? When his eyes got wrong, his life got wrong. He had his eyes in the wrong place, and because his eyes were in the wrong place, it filled his mind with the wrong kind of things, and those things that were secret surfaced because fruit replicates fruit. Hey, church, hey, young people, Hey, young man. Hey, young teenager. Hey, young lady. Be careful about what you allow in your eyes. Young married husband, 
Be careful about what you allow in your eyes. Be careful about the television you watch. It's wicked. You better have your controller close by. Uh, be careful about the magazines that you look at. Be careful about the, about the internet. Now, y'all do what y'all want to do. Y'all do what y'all want. I'm not your dictator. I'm just your pastor. I'm just your shepherd. You do what you want to do. My wife has access to my phone any day of the week. She knows my passwords, and she's not going to offend me. What are you doing? G- give me that. Was there, is there a problem somewhere? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't want your wife? <laughs> Why would you not want your wife to see your phone? Everybody all right tonight? We okay? I'm not preaching in Spanish or anything. Am I tonight? I don't think I am. Hey, listen, we better, we better be very careful about this, uh, about the internet, about cell phones, and, and mom and dad, you, you better be careful about giving your, uh, your kids cell phones and smartphones and tablets, and, 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 and how many know that, boy, kids are smart? Well, they know how to do things and get around things. It's not, it's not time to pray now. Be careful about immodest, and by the way, that's okay. That's, I think we're helping some folks tonight. I'm as sure this is the will of God right now as I am just as sure as I'm standing here. This is the, this is the will of God for Calvary Baptist Church just as sure as that apple sitting right there tonight. Be careful about what you allow in your eyes. Be careful about that immodest dress. Be careful about that immodest dress that you let parade by on the television. This is difficult tonight, but I'm going to address it because I think I need to address it tonight. I think it's something that we're not addressing in America. And if it is not already, it's getting ready to be a major sore spot in America. And it's the immorality of the eyes. If anything, probably I don't address it enough from the pulpit. I want to give you some some statistics. Sometimes they help me. Sometimes they put things in perspective. And this week as I was studying, trying to get ready for this message, I began to look and I was, I'm going to be honest with you, I was sort of blown away. These are some statistics that I think a, 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 a group in Israel put these together. These are worldwide statistics. But it said in 2017, one pornographic website, one pornographic website got 28.5 billion visits that's almost a thousand visits a second I don't know why we're having such trouble in America I know I know that's a thousand visits a second or 78.1 million a day wait a minute now one one site not 10, not 20, not 100, one, one site. More than, listen to this, more than 4 billion, 599 million hours. <laughs> you won't get that. I, didn't, I don't get it either. 4 billion, 599 million hours of pornographic material were watched on one site in one year. You know what that equals? 5,246 centuries. 
Does that blow your mind like it blows mine? I'm getting ready to shock you. These are the top search words on pornographic websites. Stepmom, mom, and stepsister. Those three words topped the charts in 2017 for some of the most searched terms on the site. You know what, what's going on in church? We're sick in America. We're sick. And by the way, you, you know what's going on? I, we're going we're gonna to bring this thing to a close. You know what's going on? It is no wonder that men are wanting to be with men. You know why? Because women don't do it for them anymore. Because they've looked at him and 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 looked at him every which way but loose until finally they say, that doesn't excite me anymore. I've got to do something else. That's what's going on. I'm getting ready to shock you. Recently, research by a security technology company called Bitdefender found that kids under the age of 10 years old now account for 22% of online pornography consumption. I just want to cry. I really do. You know what I feel like? I feel like I just need to just sit down and cry for a little bit. Because you know, what, you know what I see right there? You know what I see? Disaster. There's no way we can come out of that smelling good. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it is absolute disaster for America. I, they're, they're, uh, outside the help of God, brother, our goose is cooked. I mean, we, we listen to this. The Huffington Post, this is not the sword of the Lord. The Huffington Post in 2017 reported a study done of the most visited sites per month. The most visited sites per month. 46 million people visit Netflix every month. 46 million. 110 million people visit Amazon every month. 160 million visit Twitter every month. Are y'all ready? 460 million visit pornographic websites every month. What does our Bible say? 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Why? Because fruit replicates fruit. And those seeds that you plant, they're going to come. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, flee also youthful lust. You say, preacher, you just don't know my desire. <laughs> uh, you older fellas, uh, we don't know their desire. I hate to tell you all this, fellas. We, uh, we know where you're coming from. By the way, just because you get a little older doesn't mean the desire goes away. There may be some snow on the roof. Doesn't mean there's still not some fire down below. Amen. That's right. Come on now. Is that right? Yeah. And so, yes, God has given us a natural desire, but you know what? We have to make sure that we keep those desires within the parameters that God sets forth. Amen. Amen. We're getting some help tonight. 
2 Timothy 2, verse 22, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call more out of a pure heart. Matthew 5, 28, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. I'm just saying this, fruit replicates fruit. Be careful what you let get in this mind. We must guard our eyes, but we're, like, we're done. How about this? We must guard our ears. Psalm 85, 8, the psalmist said, I will hear, I will hear, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Psalm 85, 8. Psalm 85, you know what? Let's go there. Psalm 85, 8. You know what? It might be a good idea for some young men you don't have to tell anybody, but it might be a good idea for some young men or maybe some older men to walk out of here tonight and before you get in your, your bed, you turn to Psalm 85, 8 and memorize this verse for the rest of your life. Psalm 85, 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he shall speak or he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints I will hear what God the Lord will speak. We're done. It's 9 o'clock. We're finished. Fruit replicates fruit. If you constantly allow criticism and slander and cursing and the wrong kind of music go in these ears, it's going to go in the brain. And the, the brain, the mind is where thoughts originate. And so, parents, don't be surprised when your kids come home and they've got a little alcohol in their breath when you play alcohol music around your house. People talking about crying in their beer and drinking bud and, you know, going to go down and get some Jack Daniels and you just play that stuff in your, in your car and you play it in your house and, and your kids listen to it and all oh, you say, that ain't hurting no, hurt nobody. Really? Okay. Uh, chapter verse. I've shown you a lot tonight. How about showing me a few? Chapter verse? Chapter verse? No, you know why? Because you know I'm right. I'm right. He's right. He's right. Oh, boy. I feel a spirit of soberness in here tonight. We are headed down a road that's not going to end up at a good destination. Man, we need to get so close to this book right here and just say, oh, Lord, fill my mind with it, saturate my thoughts with it. I'm going to hide this word in my heart that I might not sin against God. I'm going to let it be a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. I'm, I'm going I'm to just let God just infiltrate my mind. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the message tonight. It's helped me. Lord, I needed it. I needed it personally. God, I need somebody to preach to me like I preached to us tonight. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be so careful about our minds. Now, Lord, we preached on a lot of immoral things tonight, but Lord, lust is not the only immoral thing. Lord, it could be criticism. It could be slander. It could be a negative spirit. It could be dishonest thoughts. Lord, it could be bitterness, 
unforgiveness. God, if we allow these things to, to simmer in our minds, Lord, fruit replicates fruit. And eventually it's going to make its way to the outside. It's going to make its way to the surface. God, help us to be so careful to guard our minds. Lord, there's going to be some who are going to be, they're, they're, they're afraid to come to the, the altar tonight because they're afraid what somebody might think. But the truth of the matter is, nobody knows why they're coming. And Lord, if you're dealing, if you're dealing with their heart tonight, then I pray that you'll give them the boldness to step out and the courage to step out and come and do business with God. Maybe there's somebody here tonight, Lord, and, and they've filled their mind with impure thoughts. Tonight they need to come down on this altar and say, Oh, Jesus, would you clean me out? Would you clean my mind? And would you give me pure thoughts? Oh, Lord, give me pure thoughts tonight. God, I pray that you'll help us. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I wonder how many might be here tonight. You'd say, Pastor.